0: Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guests will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones. Thank you so much for being here today. I am excited to have you. Today, we are talking about a topic that is actually really important to me, and I'm excited to talk about it, and that is planet Earth. Um, In particular, what I'm calling this episode is There Is No Planet B. I've come up with this episode for a few reasons. It actually really hit me the other day. Uh, I live in Southern California, and we have a lot of wildlife around us. And lately, there is one story after the other of wildlife being hit by cars or dying of rat poison or whatever it is that's going on. And these things are really upsetting to me as an animal lover and as a lover of, of all things nature. So I wanted to talk about different things that we can do to help our planet. My goal with this episode is not to try and convince you that climate change is happening or that we are damaging our planet with the things we're doing. I think that's pretty obvious. But instead, I want to try and help to give some solutions, some different options on ways that you can help. I know a lot of times people think that they're just one person and one person can't make a difference. But the thing is, is that one person can. And if we all thought like that, that, that one person can't make a difference, then there wouldn't be a possibility for there to be a change. But I'm one person, okay? And I guess we could look at this kind of like, let's look at it as like a pyramid scheme kind of thing. Like um, What do they call that? Multi-level marketing like um, Mary Kay. Let's look at that, okay? You have one person that started this, right? And now look at how huge it is. Because that one person brought another person in and that person brought another person in and it just kept growing and growing and growing. Well, that's exactly what could happen with what's going on with our planet, with climate change, with protecting our environment, our everything, nature, everything related. We can do that. And it starts with each and every one of us. When my spiritual awakening first started, I started to feel more and more connected to the environment, to the point where I didn't want to kill bugs at all, Um, even spiders that used to creep me out, unless it's something that's going to harm me or my family or my animals, I let it be. That's not something I used to do. If there's a spider in the house, I will take it outside. The other day, we noticed this spider web in the back of my husband's bronco. Um, Our daughter noticed it, right? Right. And like, they're both like, ah, spider, spider. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's just a spider. It's not going to hurt us. It's very small, you know, trying to think of all the positive things. It's just a little spider. Why do we do that? But like, for me, I don't want to kill that spider because it's a part of the environment. It's a part of our ecosystem. And who am I to take that spider's life? It's not doing anything to me. So I've kind of changed in the way that I relocate these things when I find them. And even though that might seem like a very small thing to do, things like that really can make a difference, not just in the, the ecosystem and the environment in general, but in the way that we look at things. Because if we look at things around us, like we have the right to be taking these lives of animals and such, what gives us that right? We really don't have that right at all so in southern california like i mentioned we have a lot of animals here and recently there was this black bear that um that we were kind of watching like through the different local news they were posting things about this bear and he was in malibu one day on the beach and then the next day he's over in wildwood here which is by us and um a couple of days after he was spotted on malibu beach he was killed on one of the freeways here the 101 freeway not far from where we live and that really was like that rocked my world a little bit it was kind of devastating i was like this bear was just walking along the beach of malibu and now he's hit by a car and the reason that we know that it was him is because um our our mountain um like our our wildlife here they keep an eye on all of that stuff they put collars on the animals that they find so this bear was actually captured and um He was, I think they usually do like blood work and all that stuff on them and they put a collar on them so that they can track them. So when this bear died, they were called and they went and picked him up and of course realized that this was that bear. Um, He was only about three or four years old and he could have lived 15 to 20 years, but he didn't because we don't have things in place to help our wildlife as much as we should. One of the things that's happening here that's really cool is it's called the Wallace Annenberg Wildlife Crossing. And there are a few of these around the around the country, around the world. I'm not sure how many, but basically this is a bridge that they are building um, not far from us. It's actually like 15 minutes from us. It's a wildlife crossing bridge that connects one part of the Santa Monica Mountains to the other so that the animals that live in the Santa Monica Mountains can safely cross the 101 freeway. Because these tracking devices that they put on these animals, they watch. They watch where they go. And this bear in particular, he crossed the freeway, I believe, yeah, five times. He crossed major Southern California roads and highways five times. The sixth time, he just didn't make it. And that's very, very sad. If we had more of these areas for animals where they could cross safely that would be absolutely amazing. So I'm so excited about this one that's going in not far from us. Unfortunately, I'm moving soon, so I won't get to see it like being, I'm seeing it being built, but I really wanted to see like the finished result. But I'm so excited that this is gonna help some of our wildlife. We have a lot of mountain lions here as well. And this is another thing that has really bothered me over the years. About four years or so ago, there was a mountain lion that was spotted in the city that I lived in at the time. And they posted a picture of her and, you know, said that she was, you know, walking through streets. And I saw this picture and I thought, this is a very sick mountain lion. And she's coming down. You know, they come down for a lot of reasons. But this one I could tell was coming down because she needed some help. And so I actually reached out to the, the forestry service or whoever it is that handles this. I can't really remember. But um, I reached out to them and I explained, you know, I'm an animal communicator and and this animal's really sick. And so I'm trying to convince her to come down uh, to, you know, back down because she had disappeared at this point and get some help. And I explained to her that the help that she would get would be the best kind of help, whether that was to fix her up, make her feel better and release her or it was to euthanize her. And what happened was, is she did come out. um, It was actually the same day, I believe, and they found her and they did euthanize her because Um, She had a lot of issues, but one of the issues that she had that we are finding in a lot of our wildlife here is rat poison. And this is definitely something that I want to talk about today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But we have all of these things that we try and do to make our lives more convenient, to make things easier for us, to make um, whatever, enrich our lives. But we're not thinking about the other things that we're affecting Nobody likes having rodents run all over their backyard, right? And I know sometimes they might come into the house. We have, I feed the birds. So we have rats and mice and stuff in our backyard that come out. I will never, ever do anything to those rats to try and stop them except for stopping to feed the bird, the birds. There are hawks, there are owls, there are coyotes, there are all kinds of things around here that will naturally take care of those for me if they're needed. You know, there's things that you can do to keep them out of your yard and all of that. But poisoning the rats is not helping the situation. It's actually making the situation a lot worse. But like I said, we will go into that more later. One of the things also that made me want to do this episode was something that I saw on TikTok. I I like to joke. um, It's really not a joke, but (laughs) that my education comes from TikTok because I don't watch the news. Uh, So a lot of what I do see comes from social media. And one of the things that I saw a couple of weeks ago was something from the UN Secretary General. And this is what he said. This is a quote. His name is Antonio Guterres. He said, the era era of global warming has ended. The era of global boiling has arrived. The air is unbreathable. The heat is unbearable. The level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. Leaders must lead no more hesitation, no more excuses, no more waiting for others to make the first move. There simply is no time for that. So we know that when it comes to politics, there's always gonna be things there that are going to overlap into areas that they shouldn't like this. And I'm not gonna get into the political side of things, but our leaders might not lead the way that they're supposed to. And if they don't, Then what happens? Then who becomes responsible? Well, we do. If they're not going to take major steps to change things, then who has to? We do. One of the wonderful things that I love about living in California, and I know people around the United States and maybe even around the country think that we're over the top and stuff, but I love the fact that we are so conscious about what we're doing to try and help the environment. So a few of the things that have happened in parts of California, well, I believe all of California has a plastic ban, plastic bag ban. So when you go to the grocery store, they do not give you those grocery bags, those thin plastic ones anymore. If you need grocery bags, either you have to pay for paper or for a recyclable plastic that's much thicker and reusable. Um, it's a it's different. Um yeah, so it's it's re- reusable. So you're supposed to bring your bags to the store every time that you go, right? I know this is not something that's happening in a lot of places. Like I've mentioned, we're getting ready to move to Nevada. and these are things that I wanted to know. Does Nevada have these kinds of laws? And from what I found, they don't, they don't have a plastic bag ban. But you know what? I'm not going to use those plastic bags. I will bring my own or I will pay for paper or whatever else they have because those bags, Are really bad. We live not far from a a dump. It's probably like 20 minutes away. And as you're approaching the the dump area on the freeway, the sides of the freeways, the the bushes and the trees and everything are covered in plastic bags, absolutely covered. And the thing is, is that this does a lot of things to the environment. But one of the major things that it does is it impacts our wildlife, which again is a, a major thing for me. Um, also straws California for the most part you don't find real plastic straws you might like in certain places but they you have to ask for them a lot of places now are using paper straws or like there's different like recyclable materials that they're using that are really cool and they're not you know as, as strong as the other straws but that's okay because really like Think about it, all the straws that people use, and they're not recyclable. And when animals find these things, they can choke on them. One of the things that I've been doing since I was very young is um, when you have soda or anything like that, that has the plastic around it on the top to keep the cans and all that together. I always cut that up because that can get stuck on animals' heads. It can get stuck in a a lot of things. And that's what are we doing? You know, who are we? to make products that then a turtle or, or a fish or whatever is going to get their head stuck in. And, you know, I've seen some pretty nasty things. So these are the types of changes that we can make, some of the things that we can do to kind of help with the environment. Let's talk about climate change a little bit before we go to break. So climate change, what is that? Because that's a whole other issue in itself. Climate change refers to the long-term shifts in the Earth's average temperature and water patterns. One of the things that I heard recently was that the water, um, some of the ocean water on the coast of Florida was reaching over 100 degrees. And that is not sustainable for for ocean life. They can't handle that kind of temperature. So this is just going to kill our ocean life if the temperatures of the water keep rising the way that they are. So a lot of this has happened due to the increase in greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide that are released into the atmosphere from what else? But human activities such as burning fossil fuels like coal, oil, gas, and of course, things like deforestation. So these gases, they trap heat from the sun and that causes the planet to warm up which leads to changes in the weather so that leads to changes in the sea levels and the ecosystem and this is causing various environmental and social impacts and changes societal impacts and changes this is this is causing a lot of things if you do watch the news like i said i don't but i do see clips of things i'm sure you're seeing some of this i'm sure you're seeing there was a um what do you call it? Like well, a very long iceberg or ice shelf that just appeared. Um, I believe it was in Canada that just appeared out of nowhere. Like weird things that are happening, right? So scientific research has, has proved to us that there is an understanding here that the climate is changing and our planet is changing. And the statistics reveal that the rising of these temperatures and the, me- the melting of the ice caps and increasing frequency of extreme weather events are all happening. It, we are failing to take action, and that's going to lead to irreversible damage to our environment and to future generations. I remember being like probably in my 20s and hearing, you know, of the things about the environment getting bad and, and the things that we can do. And I was young, young and dumb, as we all have been, and thinking, ah, this isn't going to affect me. Uh, I'll be dead by the time that this happens. Well, that's not a way of thinking. It's possible. It's possible that, you know, we could be dead by the time that we see some of these things happen. However, what about the life that's left behind? Why don't we care about the life that's left behind as much as we care about our own lives? That's important because this goes on. This world goes on after we leave. And depending on what you believe, if you believe in reincarnation, if you believe in simultaneous time, if you believe in any of those things, then you believe that you'll be coming back here. And chances are you're going to come back here at some point where you're going to have to deal with what we've done to this planet. Uh, I, I'm sure that that falls into a lot of our our lessons and plans and stuff, but um, we're not going to get out of it, even if you think you are, because you're not going to be here to see a lot of this happen. You're not you're not. It's not going to get. Mm going to have to face it one way or another. And if you don't want to look at it that way, then what about your children? What about your grandchildren? All of them deserve a beautiful, healthy environment. And we're not giving that to them. We are not leaving to the heirs of this planet what we should be leaving them, which is not this disaster that we've created on this planet. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about like I said, some things that we can do, some practical changes that we can make to try and help not just the climate change, but also with the extinction of animals and and all of the different things that fit into making sure that this planet survives because there's no plan B. There's no planet B. We can talk all we want about going to Mars, but it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. So where are we supposed to go when this happens? We don't have a plan B. So that's what we need to figure out. So let's go ahead and take our break friends. Stay tuned we'll be right back after brief messages.
2: Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
1: Become
0: a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions? Like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge.
2: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888 346 9141 That's 888-346-9141. Three four six nine one four one. Now back to the show with Samantha.
1: Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, friends. I am so glad that you are here today. Today we are talking about our planet Earth and that there is no Planet B and what we can possibly do to make things better. So in the first part, I talked about the animals, the way that wildlife is affected by the things that we are doing. And so I want to talk more about that. And you know what? I want to invite you that if there's anyone listening that would like to call in and talk about this subject, maybe give some advice on what you've done or ask some questions, please feel free to. That number is 888-346-9141. So I talked about the rat poison and how this is affecting the wildlife. It's not just affecting the, like things like uh, the the mountain lions and stuff like that. Like I mentioned, it's also affecting our owls, our hawks, all of those things, our coyotes. I know that a lot of people are like, "Oh, wildlife, you know, scary. There's coyotes, and I have a little dog, and the coyotes, okay." They were here first. <laughs> this is their home. Like, it kind of makes me crazy when people are like, shoot the bear that's, that's walking on the beach. This is its home. Shoot the mountain lion that's roaming through our neighborhoods. This is its home. We are taking its home from, from them. We are building on land that was their home. We are doing things to our environment that is causing them to not have enough water, to not have enough food. So they have no choice but to come down and to try and find food and water here. And it, it stinks because I know a lot of people whose animals have been taken by coyotes. But this is their environment. This is if we're going to live where these animals live, then we have to respect them. And really, the number one way that we can do this is by stop stopping t- to poison the rodents. Stop the rodenticides, okay, because they are really harming things. So let's talk about this a little bit. So these rodenticides, they have harmful effects on a range of animals beyond just rodents. These effects occur because these rodenticides are designed to target the unique biology of the rodents, but can inadvertently harm non-target species through ingestion and secondary poisoning. So when you, even if your exterminator tells you that that's not what's going to happen here, it is very, very possible if you're poisoning those rats and those mice, and then the other animals are coming to eat it, that they are getting those toxins. That's why they're seeing this in the mountain lions around here. The the statistics, I have it somewhere. I'll get to it. But um, there were a lot, a lot of the mountain lions that they found here. Um, I want to say over 90% had this in their system. So, Animals that prey on rodents, such as birds of prey, like hawks, eagles, owls, and then mammals like foxes, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles such as snakes, these are all affected by eating poisoned rodents. Animals that scavenge on carcasses, like raccoons, skunks, and vultures, they can consume poisoned rodents or animals that have been ingested, have ingested these rodenticides, leading to a secondary poisoning. Carnivorous animals and birds that consume rodents, such as martens, weasels, they might be indirectly impacted by the rodent killers as well. Domestic pets that can be exposed to these as well if they consume poison rodents or baits directly. The animals, your pets, do not need to consume the poison itself. If you have a cat, That likes to kill things that that, you know, that's one of the animals that you could have to get rid of your rodent problem. If those cats ingest the rodents, which most of the time they do to some extent, they are also ingesting these poisons and it affects their body. Sometimes, especially in the larger animals, you won't notice it right away. Like we see here a lot of times coyotes that have mange and stuff like that. And one of the reasons is because the rat poisons aren't killing them. They're just weakening their immune system and causing internal problems. So when you weaken the immune system of these animals, then they can't fight off other things. And then they come up with things like mange. So there's a whole bunch of problems that are coming from this. Um, There's also um, things like um, animals that feed on insects like shrews and things like that, that can be impacted if they consume insects that have been exposed to these rodent killers, which is also very possible. So if rodents are a part of the diet of any of these animals, whether it's mammal, amphibian, reptiles, whatever, it can potentially be affecting them physically. This also can happen from runoff, from the, from the uh, poisons, from the contaminated areas that can go into the water that can potentially affect things like aquatic life, things that live in the water. Uh, It can also, these poisons can also pose a threat to endangered or threatened species that are already facing population declines. So like uh, bald eagles, okay, they're going to eat the rodents and there's not a lot at high numbers of these bald eagles from what I understand. So we're poisoning the rodents and then the eagles are eating the rodents and we're just continuing to cause problems after problem after problem. So because of these things, these um, these poisons, we really, really need to be careful about what we are putting into the environment. Really, I've had exterminators that I've had come in to help with things like mosquitoes and they will try and sell the rat poison and they try and sell it by saying, oh, it's not going to affect your animals. It's not going to affect the wildlife. I don't trust it. It's poison. It's killing the rats. How is it not going to kill other things? So, it's just there's other ways that we can go about dealing with these things. Something else that's really toxic is bug spray itself. Of course, you know, there's there's things like mosquitoes, right? And mosquitoes, oh, they're they're miserable if they bite you. And so we want to do things to try and keep these kinds of creatures away from us, but it doesn't have to be Raid or things like that, that are so harmful. If you need to leave the area when you're spraying it or your animals need to leave the area when you're spraying it, it's probably not a good idea to have in your environment. I came across this bug spray a while back. It's called Wonderside and it's an all natural spray. And um, I would recommend looking into it or you can make your own because basically what this is, is essential oils, soap, and water. And there might be one other ingredient, I can't remember. But I bought all of these ingredients and I started making my own. And one thing that I noticed was, so we had a lot of rains here in Southern California this last uh, winter and spring. And our backyard, the pipes that like drain the water out to the street, they weren't draining. And so there was water filling up and then the mosquito larva was, you know, the mosquitoes were laying their larva in there and My thought is I don't wanna put bleach in that because if like birds or something comes along and drinks it, well then those animals are gonna be poisoned as well. So I started looking for alternative things that I could put in there so it would kill the larva. And one of the things that I came across was lemongrass and that lemongrass is being used to fight mosquitoes even like um, in large quantities. They're putting it like into crops and stuff like that because it is natural. But I'll tell you what, it killed those mosquitoes so fast. I poured straight, like I'll dilute it when I make it into a spray. But when I put it into those, the standing water, it killed those things so fast, so fast. It was unbelievable. So lemongrass is a great solution for things like mosquitoes. Um. For mosquitoes as well, one thing that I found because I do get bit a lot, actually my husband does too, here we just have a lot, a lot of mosquitoes. So him and I both take garlic supplement. And I can tell you that the garlic supplement works wonders. If I forget to take it or we want to run out, I'm going to get bit. It's just the way it goes. So I, I can't remember how much I take, but I take two, how many milligrams it is, but I take two in the morning and one at night. It's also really good for your heart. So you don't smell it like the stuff that you can buy is it's odorless. So it's not like you have garlic coming out your sweat pour or anything like that. Um, but the mosquitoes, they know it's there. And so they leave you alone every once in a while. I might get one little bite, almost like the mosquito didn't, uh, didn't pick it up. But as long as I take that, I'm I'm pretty good with it. The Wonderside spray or the, um, you know, making your own, that also helps. That helps a lot because if you use the lemongrass, it keeps them away. You can also use things like citronella. There's so many things that we can use that are, you know, different than these poisons. You can also do things, this is a really good idea, if you have a lot of bugs and you, you know, are, are like me and just would prefer not to use bug sprays, um, you can introduce natural predators, so you can go to like uh the let's see like ace hardware has them i've seen them at some of the the nurseries like ladybugs that you can buy or i think they were praying mantis that you can let go on your plants we had um, a milkweed plant because the butterflies love to lay their eggs on the milkweed but the aphids had totally taken over this plant and i was so frustrated by it i was like you know trying to peel them off myself with water and stuff And we went to a nursery and found ladybugs and I put the ladybugs on this plant. And within hours, there were no more aphids. They ate those things up. It was amazing. So things like that, that can help you if you're having certain situations like that. You can also use physical barriers such as like screens and nettings or things like around plants if they're eating your plants like that. Um... Or there's things like insect repelling herbs or flowers near plants that you're, that bugs might be eating like marigolds. You can also sprinkle food grade. I can't, I always forget how to pronounce this. Diet, diet, I don't know. It's called like DE or something like that, but you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like a white powder and it's basically like shells that are crushed really thin uh, and you sprinkle it around the outside perimeter. And then when pests cross it, you know, then it, it takes care of them. It dehydrates the the insects. So there are things that you can do that aren't as harsh as bug sprays. Also, other essential oils like peppermint, rosemary, citrus... You can look all these things up. If you have a certain bug or whatever that's bothering you, look it up and see what it says that you can do. But by using these methods and changing the way that we approach, like with our our pest control management, we definitely can change things because things like bees, for example, bees are essential and they're dying and there are a lot of people that are doing bee conservation but it's not enough like it it we need more we need to stop killing off our bees because we we a lot of people see bees and they think okay well this thing has a stinger and it could sting me and hurt me ooh you know sorry uh, if you, unless you're allergic to it that sucks but i've been stung by many bees it's not the most fun thing in the world but it's not going to happen unless you're doing something to aggravate them okay so they are very important so instead of looking at them as things that might hurt you look at them as creatures that are here to help because they are the ones that pollinate many crops many crops so a lot of animals live off of those crops including us fruits and stuff like that. So without the bees to pollinate, we're not going to have those foods and the animals aren't going to have those foods. And if that's the case, then we have a problem. We already have a hunger issue in this world, a hunger issue that really doesn't need to be, but I'm not going to get on that soapbox, but we don't, we don't need to make it worse is my point. We need to try and make these things better, and so making sure that our bees survive, what's going on, and that their numbers populate is absolutely going to help to make this situation a little bit better. You know, like I said, there's not it's not one person; it's it's a, multiple people; it's everybody. But if you can just share these things with with one person, they might go and share it with somebody else. If I get you today to stop using raid or to stop using rodent killer, then this episode is completely worth it to me. Everything that I do is worth it, if it's even if it's just one person, because you'll go and you'll make that difference and you'll help for some of those animals to survive. And maybe you'll look at the bees a little bit different too. I used to be kind of afraid of bees. I have a very strange relationship and get off topic here for a minute because this is very, very interesting. I have always felt... The need to rescue bees from a very young age. I have always like, um, I ha- had what I call a bee triage in situations where I needed it. Now, my last couple places I live, I didn't need it, but moving into this house, I did because I have a pool and their bees. They get to a point where you know they want water. They can't find water anywhere else, and so they go and they go in the pool. And then I have to get them out and try and help them. And so I have this little place that's set up where I let the bees dry out. And I've done this from a very, very young age. And I know that I'm not saving all the bees by doing this, but sometimes the bees do survive. Some days it's three, four, five bees that I save. And that might not be saving the world, but it's saving those bees. And those bees can continue on with their life. It's just the little things that we do to try and help the environment to try and help the animals because this is their home. This was their home long before it was our home, and we're doing so many things to that are killing off these animals that we don't even realize that we are doing. And if we can just make some changes, we definitely can um, start to maybe come back from this so that it's not so bad, so that maybe our kids have a chance in the future to not see this go totally south, you know? But I have a lot more tips here for you, different things that we can do. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about those as well as I wanna talk a little bit about uh, transportation, about electric vehicles, about the myths behind those, if they are uh, helpful to the environment and, and that. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit and then I'll give you some tips, some more tips on things that you can do to help be a part of the solution and not the problem. So let's go ahead and take our break, everyone. Stay tuned. We will be right back after these brief messages. (music)
2: Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Beep, beep, beep. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world.
0: Motivate. Change. Succeed. Succeed. self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you define find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life. Have certainty in yourself and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back. Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha.
1: Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, friends. Today we are talking about that there is no planet B and there is no plan B either. So we have to learn to be a part of the solution and not the problem. One of the things about climate change and everything that goes with it is it's not solely the responsibility of us individuals. It's also the responsibility of corporations and and the industries to play a significant role in in our planet's future, recognizing the importance of what these companies are doing, finding the eco-friendly companies and supporting them more is definitely something that we can do. But as far as like with cars, okay, I don't think that it's any secret that one of the things that puts the most pollution into the air are, are automobiles. And if you live in a place like... I do, like Southern California, there are so many cars, so many cars. I would love to move to a place like the Netherlands that doesn't use cars as much that you ride bikes or you take public transportation. But here it's just cars and cars, and cars, and cars. So I don't think that I really need to get into a whole bunch about why that's happening. We, we know that gas-powered vehicles, diesel vehicles are bad. We also know that airplanes are another contributing factor to global warming because of the the jet engines. They burn a very large amount of fossil fuels. So there's things that can be done within these companies to try and make things better. And they are. You see a lot of companies now that are coming out with electric vehicles. I see around town here uh, our, our trash trucks, they are powered by um, electricity they are not gas powered things like that but there's also things like taking other forms of transportation like if you're going to travel and you really want to you know watch out for these things boats and trains are a better option they're generally considered to be less uh, less impact on the environment boats in particular they use cleaner fuels and they are a lot of times powered more by electricity so they're more environmentally friendly than planes or cars um now electric vehicles i really want an electric vehicle and you know what i i get flack for this sometimes P- some people are like oh yeah yeah good for you get the electric vehicle and then others are like why why would you do that that's just as bad for the environment but here's the thing okay let let's talk about electric vehicles for a minute mm-hmm. they really do offer a promising solution for climate change Nothing's perfect. And I know that like a lot of these cars, like the Teslas and stuff, they have these batteries that once the batteries are done, they're done. But as time goes on, we are learning how to make these batteries smaller. We're learning how to make things like this more environmentally friendly. We're learning to use more um, different types of power like solar and wind, hydroelectric power, things like that. And these things are significantly able to reduce our carbon footprint. They just are. So the electric vehicles are a great way of kind of helping those things. So let's talk about a few of the benefits of electric vehicles. Well, first of all, it's less pollution because they produce fewer emissions than gasoline cars, which helps with the air quality and reduces greenhouse gases. So this is definitely a big part of this. Also something that you might not think about when you go to buy an electric car because I've been looking at them and I didn't think about this at first. You don't have to have oil changes because there's no engine like that. So you're bypassing all of that. You're bypassing, you know, that extra money, the all of it. Uh, and that helps to save those resources on this planet. I know that there again is concern about the batteries. And uh, making them and where they're disposed afterwards. But they these things require materials like lithium and cobalt, which can harm the environment if not mined responsibly. So this is definitely about re- being responsible with those things there's always going to be things that we're going to produce that we might not be able to get rid of. And unfortunately, these batteries might be one of them. But like I said, as time goes on, we will learn more and more how to make these things smaller and smaller and less impact to our environment. Making these batteries, it does use a lot of energy as well. So that is, is a downside. And the battery life and disposal of them, again, is not you know always the greatest. But When you look at what you are eliminating with gas and oil and all of that, it's kind of like you have to balance things. And I can't remember what year it is, but I know here in California that there is a law that is going into effect that by a certain year, there can be no more gas-powered cars, new cars being sold. They'll be on the road, of course, but no new gas-powered cars can be sold. And I'm honestly looking forward to this. Because I think that this is going to help with a lot of problems because the, the, again, the gas. So if other states and other countries can start following suit, then this is definitely something that is, it's fixable. It's not, we haven't gotten to a point of no return. We can still undo this, but we have to take these steps to do that. So. I want to talk about some things that we can do, some practical things that the everyday person can do that will help to make changes. So we talked a little bit about the type of travel that you do. So, of course, um, reducing air travel and reducing car travel, if possible, taking more, you know, like um, carpooling, things like that, that will absolutely help. Uh, Let's see. Reducing your energy usage. This is a big one. Turning off lights and electronics when they're not in use and consider renewable energy sources like solar or wind power. Conserving water. I don't think that people understand just how much water they waste when they leave the water running while brushing their teeth. It's not necessary. I have a hard time even running the water to get like Hot water. Like it makes me crazy that I have to run the water for so long to get hot water because I just feel like it's a giant waste of water and that's a resource we don't need to waste. Uh, There's a lot of other things that we can do for this, including like in the shower. You can put a bucket in the shower so that any excess water falls into the bucket. And then you can use that to like water plants or whatever. When you're cooking, if you are boiling like pasta, things like that, you can let that water cool and then use that to water your plants as well. There's different things that we can do to help the water situation, but that is definitely a big one. We hear this all the time. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Minimize the waste by recycling and composting recycle whatever is possible. Like, I don't know, again, I I live in California where they're big on this. So you go places and they have recycling cans, but I know that there's a lot of places that don't, and it's kind of left up to you to be the one that puts your recycling aside because your trash company might not have a separate truck that picks up the recyclings. But you know what? Every little bit helps. And if you can do that, that is wonderful. Also, composting. If you're not familiar with composting, um, it w- it's a good thing. Uh, Google it. Uh, but basically, you take like your leftover food scraps and you're not throwing them in the trash. You're using them as food for other things. A lot of the foods that we don't eat, I give to the birds or to the rats, the squirrels, whatever. Uh, there's no need for food waste. I've never been to Japan and I've never really looked deep into this, but I did hear uh, um, from somebody that had lived there for a while. The way that they handle their trash is very different than the way that we handle our trash in the United States. There is a trash can for every single thing. They pick up trash on different days. So like, you know, plastics on this days and food is on this days. Every single thing goes into a different container so that it goes to the proper place so that it can be recycled or whatever is done with it. And if more places would follow that suit, then we could do a lot more with how we are recycling things, how we are composting and all of that. But um, you can even get like a little composting bin for your kitchen counter where you put your food scraps in. There's all kinds of different things that you can do. So I would definitely, if you're interested in that, look into it. Other things that we can do, Eat sustainably. Okay, so this is something that can be controversial with a lot of people because people like their meat. But eating meat and um, supporting large farms that are not eco-friendly, it makes the problem worse. So something that I noticed after my spiritual awakening that was very weird was that food started tasting differently. When my vibration started getting higher and I started being connected more to the other side. Food that isn't handled right tastes weird to me. So I can no longer eat KFC. Most places I won't eat chicken from. Um, I love chicken and waffles. It's one of my favorite meals, but I'm very picky about where I eat it from. The chicken has to be free range. Um, I can taste it in the chicken if it's been in a bad situation. That to me tells me that we should not be eating these animals from farms I'm not going to throw names out there. We all know the big commercial farms. I'm I'm not going to do that. But we could buy either meats that are more environmentally friendly, like the free range, the ones that aren't fed antibiotics, things like that. Or we can do things like not eating meat, like eating more vegetables, eating more fruits, eating more grains, things like that. I really like the impossible burgers. If you've never tried these, I highly, highly recommend it, especially that brand. The Beyond Burger isn't quite as good in my opinion, but the impossible burger, it tastes just like a hamburger. Most of the time, if we go out to eat and I'm in the mood for something like that, um, if, if it's a restaurant that offers the impossible burger, I'll get it because it it, you know, it's still high in fat. It, it might not be the greatest thing in the world for you, but it's much better. Than the meat. It's so much better than the meat. So that's definitely something to take into consideration is what you're eating. Where is it coming from? Where are the eggs coming from? Where, you know, cows are one of the things that let off the most gas, right? So all of those cows being, you know, waiting to be killed to be meat, they're letting these gases off into the air. And this is another thing where it's like, I know a lot of people look at it as like, okay, well, the animal's already dead. So, you know, they go to the grocery store and I buy the meat. But if we all kind of stop buying these meats that come from these big farms that are treating the animals like this or that, or whatever, they'll eventually have to do something because they won't be able to make a profit anymore. It is mass numbers in these situations. But you know what, even for me and in these situations, I look at myself as a part of the solution. And so I no longer buy meat from grocery stores. Uh, I don't cook a lot of meat because it is really hard to find good meat when I want to eat it. I just eat it out um, or try and get it from a responsible place. But even places like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, sometimes I've noticed that their chicken can be kind of weird. So really, um, a lot of times it's just about eliminating that. So we only have a few more minutes. I want to go through some of these other things really quick that we can do to kind of help. You know what? I want to talk about products since we only have a few minutes. Here's some things that you can do, some products that you can change to make things better in your household. Baggies, trash bags. Look for things that are recyclable. We use recyclable trash bags. You can find them on Amazon. You can find reusable Ziploc bags so you don't have to use the ones that you use once and throw away. Laundry soap. You can buy laundry soap that's in strips. It doesn't come in a big container. It comes in an envelope. You can also buy that on places like Amazon. Natural cleaning products. Stay away from from all of those things that you know are bad. not going to say the product names again, but some of the things that you can use are things like seventh generation. Uh, Those products, they are environmentally friendly. You know, every once in a while, we need to use bleach whatever but just stay away from like those heavy cleaners that you're using in your house all the time you don't need that soap water vinegar those are all going to do the same things stop buying water bottles and just use reusable bottles the you know the ones that you buy in the store that you reuse over and over and over again you just have to clean them not the plastic ones ditch the straws stop using the straws If you live in a place that doesn't have the paper or other kinds of straws, you can buy your own and take them with you. That's what I did at first when the straw ban first started. Recycle. Um, Make sure to dispose things properly. Things like batteries. Don't ever throw those in the trash. Don't ever throw your electronics in the trash. Make sure that you dispose of those properly. Stop using air fresheners and fabric softeners. Oh my gosh, seriously. This makes me insane. That's poison. You're basically breathing poison. You're putting it in your lungs. You're putting it in the air. You're putting it in your animal's lungs. Stop using it. Start using natural things. Um, and for women, try things like um, instead of using pads or tampons, try menstrual cups, things that you can use over and over that are not just one-time use. There are so many things that we can do to help the environment, to reduce our carbon footprint, to to help. And I haven't even scratched the surface today. So if this is something that you found interesting, that you're passionate about, that you're willing to help, do some research on the internet. Reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to give you some tips. I have eliminated most chemicals in my family's life. We do not use chemicals for the most part. So I'd be happy to help as well. So that's all that I have time for today, friends. I hope that you got something out of this episode today. I hope that you will take this and throw away those rat poisons throw away the things that, you know, aren't good for our environment anymore, replace them with the things that are, recycle the things that can be recycled, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And we can make a difference for this planet, for our children, for our grandchildren, and for all the future generations. So my friends, if you would like to find me, you can find me at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. You can find my podcast that I have with my husband, Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses there. You can make an appointment. You can read my blog. You can learn everything about me that you'd like to know there and even contact me. So check it out. And that's all I have time for you today, friends. But I will meet you back here. Same time, same place next week. Until then, peace and love, friends.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.